And this is going to be episode 78 of The Pop. Oh, 78. 78, it's a big one. It's a milestone, most people say. <laughs> like, wow, 78. No way, nice. Not so round number. Yeah, that's what's, that's what's great about it. Yeah. yeah. It's just sort of out there. Whose favorite number is 78? Surely somebody. It's got to be people who were like born in 1978. That's got, that seems to me to be the widest pool, I would bet. It does feel that way. Because it's not like a popular like sports number. Or it's not even like a good like I was born on that day because, you know, it's way outside of the 30s. <laughs> it could be the case, though, that it's maybe we should just talk about it on the pop. <laughs> Poppin' everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Ah, the co-hostiest with the mostiest. The mostiest what? The mostiest co-hostiest. It sounds like you have the mostiest number of qualifiers attached to the word host. Well, that's something. Less is more in some cases. You think so? In some cases. Well, okay. <laughs> oh. You you have decided to put one true in front of host. Ah, but one true is good. One it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Why not just host? Is that not less? Is less not more? In this particular case, there are instances where more is more, but then also instances where there can be too much becomes too much more. I see. You see what I'm saying? You see I what I'm see. Saying? I see. So co-hostiest with mostiest, it feels like. It feels like you've crossed the line of how much more, like some amount of more is adding. It's like icing on a cake, right? You know, it's like, it's like, everybody's like, I want more icing. But then there also gets to that point where it's like, you go to eat like a piece of cake right at the top and it's got like a huge wad of icing. Suddenly it's like, this is mostly icing. It's like, it's like your mouth, like the, the, the physical reaction to this level of sweetness is like laughter. It's like, I need mm. to laugh in reaction right. to the amount of sweet in my mouth. But it's like, it's like not a positive flavor, mm. you know, whatever you say, host. I agree, though. Laughter that is not a good flavor. That's what I'm trying to say. Laughter is not a good flavor. Then it leaves you laughing and unable to enjoy the food. Exactly. Yeah. And now you're laughing with frosting in your mouth. Probably a lot. And nobody, and nobody wants that. <laughs> no one wants to be f- frosting at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. That was so this good. Is, this is what you're describing is a real problem with, uh, I think, cupcakes. It, the modern day cupcake. You are not wrong even <clears throat> in the sliverous. Yeah. Uh, which I, I'm assuming what you're going for here is the fact that uh, like boutique cupcakeries. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if that's what you would call it, but it's I what think, I'm going with. I think boutique cupcakeries is exactly what we're going with. Headcanon. Headcanon. Head yeah. Uh, but it's the case that you walk in and you have this like brilliant selection mm. of beautifully decorated cupcakes yes. before you. And they, they all have like uh, a very perfect like round swirl with like a like a little tiny piece of candied right. flower what, placed on on the 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 tip. Right. What they what they're really doing is making you like really like eat with your eyes. The, it, yes. Whilst you're there, the problem is that the cupcakes have sort of taken what I would call a uh, Stanley Stanley Duck approach, which is which is maybe they're a little top heavy. 
to some people. To some people. Now this is a this is a case where more is more. I agree. You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. absolutely. There's no debate there. But no, you're you're absolutely correct. It's like you go in and you see all of these cupcakes, and first and foremost, they are beautiful. Right. Like and and the cupcakery just smells good yeah. anyway. It while like you're sugar. in, it, it smells does. like laughter. It's it, yes, yes, it does. And smell laughter is a great smell. Laughter is a good smell, but it's not the best flavor. No. And that's the thing. And so it's like you come in and you see all these things, and they are beautiful, and you want to buy a selection for your friend whose 30th birthday it is. And mm. you're like, I want one of those and those and those and those and a lavender one for that one friend. Yeah. That one friend who's like, they're going to be I like, is the, this a lavender? Did you get this from the new cupcake boutiquery? It's like, yes, I did for you. I, I knew did. you were going to be here. Wow. And so I planned for it. Mm-hmm. So look at me go. I was ready for you. Yeah. Friend. La- lavender eating cupcake person. Yeah. Uh, but then you get, you get there and you, you go to eat the cupcake and for one it is bigger than your face the, yeah. so it's like it's like from top to to bottom we're talking like hold on let's let's imagine here maybe like bigger than this i would bet like four to four and a half inches of of top to bottom height it feels possible to me that when you if you tried to take a cup a, a bite of the cupcake at the the go-to location which would be so that you get a little bit of frosting you know right at the base yeah right where the paper ends right right, right that's right, where yeah. you take a bite of a cupcake right yeah of course yeah. it feels to me like you are at risk of getting frosting in your eyebrows sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, uh. but maybe what people are going here for is is getting you to get as much of it into your nose as possible because the people at the cupcakery know that laughter is a good smell. They do know that. But and they're like, you don't want any of this in your mouth, but what you do want it to be is right on your nose. And and then you're going to truly enjoy the product before you. No, but the thing is, okay, so like honestly, it's they are so beautiful, they are so gorgeous, but really the best cupcakes are the ones where somebody they held it and they took a knife and they used a knife to like to blob some mm. and then kind of smear it all about yeah. so that there is like a like an icing covering yeah. on top, but it but it's like a, a thin layer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like you get that frosting flavor. Right. But you don't have to deal with it in your nose or eyebrows. Exactly. Right. Exactly right. Right. But that, yeah, it's it's one of these things where in I love it because we have a good cupcakery here in Roanoke. It's we called do. Bubble Cake. Bubble Cake. I believe. So if you ever visit, I would recommend going and looking at them, if nothing else. Uh, yeah. Um, Eat with your eyes. But it, it's a really, really great um, gesture gift in my mind. Like frequently you might find yourself going to and that's why I said 30th birthday party. It's like you might be going to celebrate somebody and, and you want to go and like have a thing. Mm. And this is kind of like a rather it's. It falls into a great gift category in my mind where you can go and spend like $20, $25 on cupcakes. And that is a lot of money to spend on cupcakes, but mm. it is not a lot of money in the scheme of dollar figures. That's, a, that's an excellent point because it's more money than someone's going to normally spend on cupcakes for themselves. Precisely. Right. Yes. So by having them there, it, it's a very like gracious thing to offer. Mm. Good like boutique experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you support local businesses, which is always a great idea. Always good. Um, and so that I frequently do this and, and like it'll be like, okay, this is like a great thing. I'll, I'll bring them like a half dozen of cupcakes or whatever. And then some Sometimes you'll get to that point and they're like, hey, you're like, do you just want to like bust in these? And it's like, oh, heck yeah. And like that one friend takes the lavender one and then I pick, you know, like something that's yeah. usually like cookie dough flavored because I like cookie dough. Yeah. And I'll go for it. And it's almost like it's almost like I can only eat half of one. Right. Realistically. And it's almost like I don't even know. I, it's like I need to cut off half of the icing and then also cut it in half. And then it's appropriate. But see, this is the problem. This is, I'm sure people at home are just like, God, just eat it with a fork and a knife. Sure. Which is, you know, yeah, maybe it's the... um easier 
cleaner way. But to me, if you have to use a knife and a fork, then why? Did, then you should have just gotten cake. Like right. you were outside the spirit of cupcake. Exactly. It's like this is that's the problem. It's like yeah, I can use a knife and fork, but I shouldn't have to because it's a cupcake. And if it was gonna, if I needed this, it shouldn't have been a cupcake. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yes. It is. It is by design supposed to be. Uh, like finger food. Yeah. Food that you can manage with your hands. Exactly. No additional utensils necessary. I will say, so my advice to people going out to their local cupcakery is get the, get the baby cakes. Cause you never want to be like, my problem is that like, I'm walking in and I'm like, I'm not going to get the baby cakes. I'm like, look at me. I'm huge. I'm not ordering baby sized dessert. <laughs> look, look at me. I'm huge. I'm huge. I'm like what a is, giant. What is your definition of huge? He, like, look, Ben, look at me right now. This is a This pre- is it. Before you is huge. I'm not, this I, is bigger than baby cakes. You know I, what I'm saying? Can, can I, can I give it? <laughs> you are not baby cakes. I am not. In, baby uh, cake. By way of height. Like people are like, describe Jay. You would not say he's people baby cakes. Like, you know, baby cakes. Right. Right. Yeah. Baby cakes, Garland over there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But I have to tell a story about this because I thought this is like, it sticks with me as, uh, as one of the more, I don't even know why it's a unique interaction that we've had at a meetup before. Okay. Um, I think that like when we go and, and we do like a super Carlin brothers meetup and people come out and they get like the, they come through and we get like to spend time like with each person who's there as they come through. Um, all of the experiences are so overwhelmingly positive. It's like these these are people who like definitely decided to take the time and energy to like come and see us. And so, you know, it's very infrequent that you have like anybody there to say something remotely negative, which sure. is which is great because from my perspective, it means that I get to like fill my cup to like overflowing status in terms of just positive interactions inside of one day. Right. But we had one instance before where there was a gentleman who I believe came to the meetup, uh, with maybe his, maybe his girlfriend. And, um, do you know where I'm going with this? I think so. Yes. I think I do think I recall. Okay. Well, so one of the things that people frequently say when they meet us is they're like, wow, you're, you're taller than I thought you might be. And I, I would say you and I are both like probably fairly average height ish. Like we're not like actively tall, but we're, we're like six foot. What are you? Six, one, six, one, six, one. Okay. Yeah. 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 A, a tall six, one, a tall, a, a tall six, one. Yeah. On the, on the high end, on of the six, high end of six, one. Right, right, yeah. I'm on, I'm on the medium end of six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but so this, this guy comes through and and his girlfriend makes this comment. She's like, you're taller than I thought you'd be. And she's like, how tall are you guys? And we, we said exactly that. We were like, I'm like, I'm six foot and he's six one. And the guy looks at us and he goes, really six foot. That's what you're going with. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, um, uh, yes. Like, you know, like I didn't really know how to respond oh, only based on inches. If that's what you mean. Right. right. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Not based on all units of measurement. Right. But, or d- depending on, uh, varying feet sizes the world over. Right. Even that. Right. Uh, but, but according to the, the ruler, right. You know, according to the ruler, when I went to the doctor, they said, stand here and they wrote down six foot. And that's what I'm going with. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. That is the basis for my argument. <clears throat> yeah. But open open to to conversation. Should yeah, we we can so now So he questioned your height. He questioned my height. Yeah. Yes. And it was uh I didn't know I, I don't know. I I've always thought this was just very funny, and I don't know why this particular interaction stood out to me, but it, it completely did. Mm. So when you said that you're you're a big guy, not baby cakes, I was like Well, it sounds like he questioned your height. He was you know, I don't because I don't I don't remember him saying that 
to me. Oh, so he only se. directed it. Maybe at me? it was only directed. He was like, "Look, this guy's not baby cakes. You six foot though. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're right on that line. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a maybe a generous five eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, so anyway, there was that. Oh, well, yeah. there was that. Well, sorry to whoever you were. Um, you know, it sounds like you have some growing to do. Hey, <laughs> uh, hey, hey, now, okay, Ben, let me take a not so sharp right turn, but a veer right. Okay. If you will, into a, a different strong opinion about weak things. Please do. Yeah, I will. This is pretty much along the same vein, but it fits so nicely and I wrote it down. So we're going to talk about it. Okay. Okay. So this past weekend, I saw one of the most annoying things. Oh, no. Right? What was I it? I am driving down the road and I see next to me someone driving in their car. It is a convertible. Okay. They've got the top down. They've got the windows <gasps> up. You are kidding me I am right not kidding now. you, Ben. And it was just like, it made me, <laughs> it just made me so upset. Even so I was like, what is the point of, like, this person is doing it so wrong. It looks so ridiculous when you're in a convertible with the top down and the windows up. I was just like. Beth, Beth, look at this. Look, what is that person doing? What are they doing? <laughs> Should we go over there and Should talk we, to I them right like, now? I feel like the I feel like I could feel the car like blushing in embarrassment. It honestly looked like the car was like, "Hi hey, guys, I am I'm so sorry. I, I'm sorry. I am not this. in control of my windows. The person driving is in control of the window. I felt like I felt bad for the car. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I mean, I guess I guess what I'm imagining here is that yeah. the the very nature of convertibles is that like it's like you you Ta you've taken the roof off of your car. You've taken the roof off of the car. By design. By so design. That, so that you can feel the wind flowing through your hair. Yeah. And and what this person has done is maintained uh like side coverage right. of said wind. This is this is the argument is that like, well, probably having the windows up stops the wind from hitting your hair. And it's like, yes, it probably does. You know what else does that? The roof of your car. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I can I can sort of I can sort of like kind of get on board with with where you're coming from here because it's uh <laughs> it, it does seem like you've made the choice. Cause that's the other thing too is that convertibles are Exactly that. They're not topless vehicles. Oh, right. They are convertibles, meaning they are vehicles that have tops that you can can convert exactly. to vehicles that do not like, have if tops. If you have a problem with the wind in your hair, don't put the top down or don't own a convertible. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, there were other choices that could have been made right. that could have solved yeah. this particular dilemma. It's just outside the spirit of the car entirely. And I didn't, I was just, I can't, I cannot stand for it, Ben. Uh, well, it, that, that, I can, I can sort of get that. And I can mm -hmm. sort of even continue your strong opinions about weak things, which is that I'm not actually much a fan of convertibles anyway. Okay. Like this is, this is sort of like an odd thing where I'm not sure if maybe they were particularly in as we were like growing up in the nineties, mm -hmm. like, like there was more of the advent of the, like the rag top vehicles, which made, you know, having the convertible that much more accomplishable mm -hmm. versus actually having to like remove like a hard roof and like leave it in your garage or elsewhere, middle of your yard at that street sure. sign or something. Um, and, but so I, I remember growing up thinking that like, oh man, convertibles, that's like, that's like cool cars, you right. know, like, like the very nature of the fact that it, it was a convertible in my head was like, just regardless of what it was. I mean, a PT cruiser that is a convertible is a cool car to me. Yeah. I think growing up, it did not even occur to me that convertible was describing a feature of a car. It was just a kind of car. Oh, like, interesting. You, you like, know, like, like in the same way that like a Corvette is a car. Right. Yes. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> you know, like it was like, oh yeah, convertibles, like it's anything with the top down is a convertible. Yes. Yeah. 
So, okay. <clears throat> interesting. But interesting. Uh, yeah, not, not the case. Not the case. <laughs> Plenty of different kinds. Are, it's interesting to me that you said you're not a fan of convertibles because I believe in just last week's pop, you were describing your dream car, which I think by definition is a convertible. Okay, because we were talking about my Jeep Wrangler. The Jeep Wrangler. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the thing about the Jeep, and my Jeep <clears throat> actually, in the most literal sense, did what like, was a convertible mm-hmm. because it had, it had like, hard sides so yeah. it was like air quotes hard top jeep because there's there are soft tops and hard top jeeps like they, they look very different and one of them you almost have to have like either multiple friends or a roof contraption to like lift it off yeah if it's the hard top uh and then you can go topless or most of the time it's it's like a rag top and you just like pull a couple of clips and pull it backwards and then the roof is down yeah ours was neither of these and it had like the hard top and like a button you can press and the top would like all the way open and it's it is funny because while it does give you that like open air experience yeah it's like I didn't really think of it as a convertible more uh, so much as just like a really really big sunroof. Okay. And is I, not is not the Wrangler the Wrangler when I think of it in my mind is like a top is like an open air experience. It sort of is an open air experience. I mean like that that is the they are built in such a way that you can like literally they it, they provide you with a tool so that you can like very easily remove the doors. You right. can very easily like take the top off and yeah. all of these things and like then go experience it. And I do think in that capacity, I would love it because it's I don't know, it's just different. Like it's not attempting to be like a fast looking car. It's just like this is just like experiencing experiencing the the breeze maybe yes. in a very different way than, right. than convertibles. But like for me, any type of sports car I would ever want would not be a convertible. I very, see. very specifically, very specifically. Yeah. So I'm, I, I would say that like when it really comes down to it, my strong opinion about weak things is that I don't care if you have your windows up or down in your convertible. I just don't really like convertibles. Oh, I say. So, I see. so yeah. you're, you're just like, you're trying to be cool. You're failing out of the gate. It, well, with your convertible. It's not that I would go so far as to say that somebody else is not being cool with their convertible. It's okay. just that I don't think like I wouldn't want one. Okay. That's, that's not like what I, that's not what I would be after. But okay. I mean, you're more than welcome to be cool with yours. And actually I had I, this, this, maybe this is an okay subway segue because last week we talked about subwoofers. I was just going to ask you, did you get the subwoofers? I, I have, I have not yet. I have not yet are, made a decision. Are they in your cart? They're <laughs> The tab is open. The, tab, on my the tab is open. The tab is open. The tab is open. Okay. Okay. But so I felt like I was having, I got like tons and tons and tons of emails from people <laughs> who were, who were reacting in completely different ways. I, I had people messaging me being like, oh my gosh, subwoofers are so fun. Like go for it. And other people being like, please don't get subwoofers. Like they were never cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was okay. So I had, I had this like experience with it because there, there was, I would say the overwhelming majority of people were saying <laughs> something along the lines of sub you do not want subwoofers they weren't cool then they aren't cool now and i would say that on the whole my my only problem with that particular take is that it's like uh it's it's like have you ever really liked something and then somebody made you feel like it wasn't cool oh, absolutely absolutely this is i mean i mean i know i was giving my story about how i was listening to a book last week and someone pulled up and i was like oh, this guy yeah sure 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 but to that end i mean if you want subwoofers go ahead and get them these are sounds like subwoofers are some some big old spikes of yours so yeah i mean i would say <clears throat> i would say they are and that was like the notable thing that i feel like i said in last week's pop was that like when i when i first like encountered them it was this thing that was like 
like it just sort of like resonated with me and, and like a, not like no pun intended because they literally vibrate. Um, but it was like I personally liked them not for external reasons, but for very internal reasons. Like right. I enjoyed this in such a way that was like I want to be able to enjoy it more on my own. Um, and so what I thought was just interesting about it is because it's like in a sense, I was almost like, is it the t- is it is it or could it be the case that subwoofers are like like somehow nerdy like Mm. like with the idea because you and i were discussing this a little bit like what like what is defined as something that is nerdy Mm -hmm. and like is there like a (coughs) is there like what what makes it so because i would say that for a a huge part of like what we do with the super carlin brothers youtube channel is like when we were in high school we maybe wouldn't have like wouldn't have immediately gone to broadcast how much we really, really, really were into like the Harry Potter books and stuff like that. And it was something that you look like you're, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like my high school experience was too down on Harry Potter. Like I had friends who were actively big into it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So <coughs> maybe a bad example, okay. bad example, but um, let's say I know that you played like Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, for like, sure. Like yeah. the trading card game mm-hmm. uh, in high school. So maybe that's not the type of thing you would have like, you know, I don't know, like got to homeroom and busted out and started, you know, having a duel with someone in your class or mm-hmm. something. Right. Um, anyway, and not, not to say pre-calc. No. There you go. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Um, not to say that anything is wrong with any of those things, but the idea might be that like, like what, what ultimately identifies something as just being cool versus something that is nerdy because it feels like to me, I think a lot of nerdy things are cool. Well, this is, this is exactly the, this, I think, I think you are totally on to something because what makes something generally, what should make something cool is whether or not you are passionate about it. And it seems like at some point, like there was <clears throat> for a long time, it was like things could either be nerdy or they could be like cool. And those things were like separated. And so almost like intrinsically, the act of being nerdy was that it was that something was nerdy because it was not cool. But that's a really stupid definition all around because like, here's like, here's like for just as a, you know, classic, maybe traditional sort of example, like you might've put like trading cards on one side of the table as like nerdy and like football or something on the side of things that was cool. Yes. Like just for, for the sake of it. Um, not saying either school. I like both a lot. Right. <clears throat> but relatable example. I can, relatable I'm example. You. Here's the thing. If you're super into football, you're just a football nerd. Sure. You know? Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> like if you're, or to that end, if you like, if you think, you know, your trading card game is cool, then it is cool. It's like, there's not, there's not camps for nerdy or cool. If you think something's cool, chances are you are a nerd about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like if like, it's, it's almost like the case that that can be like a, like a, um, like a term that you could almost then assert as to like maybe a good way to demonstrate what your level of interest in something might be. So like yeah. it, it could be the case. Yeah. Like exactly. Like you said, it's like, I'm really into football. I'm a football nerd. I'm really into barbecue. I'm a barbecue nerd. I'm Exa- really into aquariums. I'm an aquarium nerd. Exactly. And it's, it's almost like, that's like your signifier. It's like, Oh no, no. Like, let me tell you, like I, I am into it to this extent to which I, I am now of of the the you know self um assigned title that like i am now i have reached nerd status right in, in how much i enjoy something so are you a, a uh are you a, a wolf nerd then well it's this this is sort of like 
the odd thing about it because anything that you know, like like we've talked about it before, it's like a bingo square for popcorn culture. Like Jay gets too technical about Pokemon. But like the things that you might be saying about Pokemon to anybody who is also into it might not seem like you're being too technical, but you're right. you are purely speaking the jargon. Right. Um, and so I think that the it could easily be the case that I could start talking about like home or car audio in a way that I don't feel like in the scheme of things. I really know that much about it, like to where I could go and actually talk to like an expert or even the guy at the store, right? you know, would absolutely know more than me um, versus like maybe my aquarium knowledge. If I went and talked to the guy at the store, I would feel more confident that like the like the the Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec at Lowe's, like I know more than you, like right, yeah. like you know like that type of like I know how far into that particular area I am and and how much knowledge I have in that area, um, which is not to say that it's complete by any stretch of the imagination, but um, it's like I feel like I could start talking about speakers in a way that would immediately be like Ben got too like Ben got too technical about speakers. Ben got too technical about speakers, but that might literally just be because like um, I know like the brands that are popular right or like some specific models that are known to be like the model you're you're in such a weird venn diagram though <clears throat> because i don't i don't i mean make correct me if i'm wrong but i don't know you to be like super into music in general this is the thing yeah it is forever <laughs> been the thing like um i i have owned that for so long i have absolutely had more money invested into the speakers that play music than the music i have to play out of those speakers right. <laughs> like it could be the case that i have three cds you know yeah. and and like speakers that were five hundred dollars or something right you know, just throw an arbitrary number at it but like you know three cds is is like 30 to 50 dollars yeah. worth of like investment into music versus significantly more in being able to like make it sound cool right um it, you know what though it even that doesn't sound like <clears throat> as we're describing it it doesn't sound like that different from uh like other hobbies it sounds a lot like every kid growing up ever who collected like pokemon cards and didn't play the game oh sure you know sure. it's like oh yeah yeah i love po i have tons of them it's like can you play it's like well like i mean i've got to st i I get, I mean, that's really not why I'm, it's like, but it's a game. It's like, yes. And the point is to play, right. But I just don't, I have them. I collect. I have them. Yes. Yes. It's, it's so funny. Well, I mean, like I go back to this all the time because it seems like Beanie Babies and Pokemon cards feel like they struck at like exactly the same period in history that like eBay also became like a bit of a household name. Yeah. And I have, I have forever felt like what happened <clears throat> was all of a sudden there was this place and it wasn't the it wasn't that it wasn't the case that collectibles had already been a thing prior to the existence of eBay, but eBay gave a marketplace for those things. Exactly. And then all of a sudden there could be people who had sort of throughout their childhood purchased things that are now valuable and they could now go right. and sell. Um, and I feel like because all of that came like right in the same centerfold, you had trading cards coming out where it's like, Ooh, I have some rare ones. Like, like by having these rare cards at some point in time, they could be worth much money. Right. And this, and people also thought the same thing with beanie babies. It's like, we oh, we gotta get like that, that princess Diana bear, because like, that's like, you right. Know, like, like the fun of collecting beanie babies was that like one day 
it'll have been worth it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's why, like, for some reason, every like you every time you see someone with Beanie Babies, the tag is still on it. Yes. Like, there's no reason for the tag to be on it. And people were all, like, they would be like, oh, I got to keep the tag safe. That's the thing that makes it valuable is the tag is safe. And it's like, let me tell you something. That's probably true. If you really are very interested in selling it, you probably need the tag to remain in mint condition. Sure. But also... Also, what you need to do is probably just keep that in a glass box somewhere and not touch it. No, exactly. Like, all yeah, together. Yeah. Like all, yes. throwing your little plastic clip-on tag protector and then proceeding to play with your beanie baby anyway. You've already like you're yeah. it's it's so funny though because it, it totally was a departure of how people previously bought like stuffed animals, you yeah. know, it's like, which were meant to be played with. And I think what was odd about this was you had people buying like way more stuffed animals than they ever would have purchased and also not using them as stuffed animals. Right. You know, like, which was really funny. And I think the extreme irony of this particular thing was, uh, our younger brother, Tyler got one. Like, I, I think, you know, for Christmas one year, it was, it was just like a gift that was, that was given to him. And it was like before they had really started to become a thing i think it was the garcia bear and it was like a tie-dyed whatever oh and yeah, yeah very ironically he loved it and treated it as a teddy bear and brought it with him everywhere and it was you know after years of being loved and stuff you know it was like the velveteen rabbit like it yeah you could see that clearly a child had taken this outside to play with it then slept with it and you know like whatever had it next to him during meal times and stuff so it was filthy and grimy and, and all the rest but very loved the, iron, the ironic thing is that it was probably also what would be the most valuable bear we had ever <laughs> actually had. It was like the only one that actually became valuable. Yes. Yeah. It, it would be like having like a like a first edition uh, Charizard card, like, you know, like Pokemon card, mm. but then having like used it as like your bookmark because you just thought it looked cool. Yeah. You oh know, God, for, just like Charizard, for, just carried it with me. Yeah. For like 20 <laughs> years, it's like, yeah, like I've, I've always used the same one. I never lose it because my favorite Charizard card. Yeah. And it's like, do you like that? <laughs> what? Blah, blah, oh, that's <laughs> right. a real bummer. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But so I've, I always thought that was very funny. Um, yeah. Like the, the, the drastic shift. But at the same rate, though, I, I feel like this has always been um, like one of the big, one of the big thought process that processes that you've had about things it might segue nicely into my my next topic here which is like the idea that you don't buy things for future perceived value like you what you don't buy necessarily a car because it has good resale you buy a car because it's the car that like matches your wants and needs and fits your personality in whichever way you want or need it to mm -hmm. right like is is that uh, somewhat I, the case <clears throat> yes i would i mean i i, I have yes <laughs> i'll give a better example because maybe a car cars are bad investment well not bad investments but uh they don't hold value you well on the whole anyway but like if you were renovating your home mm -hmm. i think lots of people make the argument of like ah, i used i used this color because it it like increases resale or something of of the home like it's more likely that future buyers of my home will like these countertops this right. cabinet color this yeah. these stainless steel appliances whatever the case may be um and i think what you've said in the past is something along the lines of like just get what you want <laughs> like <laughs> yeah because like, you are you are not like upgrading your house to sell it you are upgrading your house to live there Right. I think uh, I will say having now uh, and now that we're on like our second house and gone through the process of selling the first one, yes. we're like it, it uh, very much makes a lot more sense to me or like really the the effects of it were very apparent uh, while we were selling the house. I can see like, oh, I can see. I can see how this would have like really saved you a ton of money in one way or the other. So oh, sure. Going forward. But um 
And so I understand why people upgrade for the sake of like the resale value and stuff. Uh, totally as well. But I also, yeah, I think for the longest time growing up, it was just like baffling to me that people would be like, yeah, we're moving. So we're renovating the bathroom and be like, what? Oh, like, sure. You sure. know, like, yeah. like, oh yeah, we need, we need to renovate because that'll increase the value of the house. And it's just like, but like, you're not even going to get to use it. And it would just like drive me crazy. Sure. Like, sure. That, like just, yeah. Or like the reason you're buying the things you're buying is because it'll make the house more valuable versus like, but would you enjoy living it? Like, do you want it? Yeah. Like, or I think, yeah, back to your point, it's very much, even as a kid though, with like the, the trading cards and stuff, like it was never a huge, like I always wanted to actually play with people. Yes. And like, no, just, I cannot even tell you how zero interest people had in playing. It, and that was the, the thing game. too. Yeah. Is I, I feel like you were, you were in this like really small minority of people that like bought it so that you could like put together a competitive deck and be strategic and, you know, go and, and play with your friends. And like, right. like the reason that you want more booster packs is not like, oh, maybe I'll pull that one rare card. It's like, I need a card to complete the strategy I'm trying to implement and exactly. I, I want to pull it so I can use it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, yeah, probably, I, this is my guess, is that there was like an odd... Uh, like competition maybe with like Magic the Gathering, which has been like a like a long time card playing like trading card game. Yeah, where it could have been the case that like that that like the people who played that were still so consumed by that. Right. And they, maybe the mechanics at that point in time of the Pokemon trading card game what weren't so sophisticated to where it was like like we're gonna abandon this really well put together game over here to, right. to come in and kind of get like the rudimentary on what know. is clearly a flash in the pan Pokemon who's <laughs> gonna care about that in a couple of years right, exactly yeah. yeah fast forward to now fast forward to now <laughs> 25th anniversary what up there also I will say that like the base I mean it's it, I have been getting uh, further and further into like the Pokemon card game as in like right now oh yeah you know and uh, it's been interesting looking back at like some of the history of it like what were like the really good decks you know maybe when we were kids not that we could have like you know uh, competed or anyway or not that i had any sense of what it meant to be good at a card game sure. as a child but it seems like coming out of like the base set like when we were really collecting there was those first three so yeah like the base set jungle and fossil okay i think those were the three that we would have actually bought stuff from right uh not to get too technical about pokemon but basically there was like one deck that oh, was like really? like yeah everyone basically ran just hitmonchan electabuzz and scyther and that was that was it that was it's called haymaker and it has like a place of like uh it says like little legendary status around it for being like the first real deck like, to come from the game and it's like everyone sort of knows about haymaker right and it's these three cards okay okay yeah, yeah that that's pretty fun that's pretty fun yeah that's, that's a bit of interesting pokemon trivia that i would not have known yeah i think it's fun <laughs> so it's like and of course it's very hard it's like how could you, you, you really need some like niche friends to be like, let's try and collect base card sets so we can play that old deck. Cause it's not like knowing about it is cool, but like, are you ever going to use it? Probably not. Probably not. But yeah. yeah. And you're exactly right though, because at that point in time, the way that I would have played that game would have been like, basically anybody who has Charizard is going to win. Yeah. Right. That was like, because it seemed like everybody knew even then, like, this is like, this is the rare card. I remember we were out to dinner once and the kids at the table, the booth behind us, behind us. pulled a Charizard while we were there and we were like, what? what? And we were like, where did you guys get those? And they were like, books a million. And we were like, mom, dad, can we go to books can a million? We, can we like, they probably have another one. It's like, actually, if they pulled it from books a million, probably they don't have another one. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's statistically really how things <laughs> yeah, are going to work out that's there. That's how it goes. But I, I remember sitting there and being like, I cannot wait for dinner to be over because we're going to get a Charizard tonight. It's happening. Yeah, it didn't. Not, not only did no one in our house ever 
pull a Charizard card. But no one in our house, I don't think, ever pulled a Blastoise or a Venusaur either. Ooh. Like, I don't think anyone in our house pulled one of the original starters. Interesting. Ever. In, yeah, okay. Well, I can't remember, honestly, because I sold my entire collection uh, at Happy's Flea Market, I believe, when I was like 10 years old. Mm. For seventy five dollars, then went and bought a Razor scooter. Razor scooter. It was so exciting. It was. It was. I like. And when I got my Razor scooter, I like. This is. I don't know what this is about me, but like, I love to customize things, yeah. and it has been true about me my whole life. Right. Like, but but I got my I got my Razor scooter, and it can't. It was all red. It had with like red grip tape and red handlebars, and I went through and added like I added a wheelie bar. I added like a full. Uh, like, like grip, skid tape, yeah. skid tape across the entire base. So it wasn't just like the the like oval where it said razor. It was, it was right. the whole thing. You had full control with your feet. You could, yeah, do all the kick flips all and such. The, all of the yeah tail whips and uh, absolutely more yeah. like ankle breakers yeah, is what right. I like to call it. Um, but yeah, I, I got I got green grips instead of the red. I got light up wheels. I mean, mm. it was just like like anything I could possibly do to it. Uh, I was like tricked out. I'm tricked out. Like I would like show up, you know. The, at the skate park and be like what's up guys yeah i don't know if you noticed but my wheels light up yeah what up it was awesome popcorn culture is sponsored by shopify y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own shopify store carlin brothers mercantile and it's hard to imagine not having it now but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one in fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip 
turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10 percent off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash pop pop which wow that is a crazy offer 10 percent off a 400 slab pack that's like 40 dollars right there anyway that's arena club.com slash pop pop for 10 percent off your first purchase But that brings me to my next topic, which is, um, okay. So like I've, I've had my, my Jeep dilemma, which we talked about all, all of last week, which mm-hmm. was like this whole thing where I, I finally had my dream car uh, my whole life. I wanted to make all these upgrades, but it just like, like I couldn't justify it in my head. Like it financially seemed like poor decision-making because I just wasn't going to use it in that capacity. Right. I have a similar dilemma this week. Oh boy. Um, okay. So I inherited last year, our grandfather's like boat i'm familiar with it the yeah the boat so mamie as it's called the mamie which is named such after our great grandmother who was the original person to purchase the boat in 1975 Mm. so still running still running 75 that feels too early no that's it that's it that's it yeah absolutely i I have all of the original paperwork from from grandpa he sent it all to me nice so it's it's the case and this particular boat is i mean it's like a, in my mind, I see it as like a family heirloom type of thing. Like right. this is, it's been there like our whole lives. We learned how to like water ski behind it. Our dad learned how to water ski behind it. Like it is, you know, it's just, it's, it's been a fixture. It's always been there. And, and, you know, now like I am like the one who is in current ownership of it. Yeah. And of this 46 year old boat. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing about it is that it's not like, it's not like a rare or collectible or like, you know, like. Um, there's nothing about it that would make it valuable. So Mm -hmm. really when it comes down to it, it, like a a comparable example might be the fact that like your family has a, like a, a 1975 Toyota Corolla and it's like, it was your, your parents' first car ever. And it just sort of has always lived with the family always and forever. And now you had a very meticulous grandfather and they have kept up with it right in a way that most people just they just sell the car exactly but they're exactly. like I, I love this i'm gonna keep i'm keeping the car right yeah and it's been a thing for a very long time because i like this has been every every summer i always have the exact same like mental like shift which is like oh man it's summer which means we can go to the lake which means we need a boat and it was always like one of those things where it's like well like i would never i, I never actually had ever purchased a boat right and so now finally i i have come into possession of one but not by purchase by by handing up well down. i mean you're in a weird position because even it's like yeah there's always that like one weekend or week of the summer where maybe you're going to need the boat right or maybe you need a boat but like certainly 
that's such a limited amount of time that it's not you, again you're not you can't justify it's fully it, owning it exactly and that and that's like forever has been like the real challenge it's like we don't we, like we don't have like a lake house or you know live so close to a lake that you could just go and you know like pop in and do it frequently or, right you know so it would mean that every single time you did it you'd have to like put it on the trailer and like bring the trailer and launch it and pull it out and like all the stuff uh so for yeah for the longest time hadn't done it so now i have one and it's been a lot of fun to like kind of you know get moving on it and kind of like get it running and like doing all the stuff and like and actually taking it out on the weekends right which, which i've been doing um and so the position that i'm in now is really funny because the boat itself is really probably not worth like dollar figure very much money at all like e- even it, i would never do it but even in a world where like you could sell it there's there's not like a like a price tag you could put on it that would be like where you would even feel like it was worth it, I guess. Right. Uh, but on the flip side, there are things that I could like add to it that might allow us to enjoy it more. But all of those things, quite literally, would would be more expensive than the boat is worth. Right. And so now, now it's like an odd situation where it's like it's the opposite of the Jeep, where it's like I will use it for exactly what it's supposed to be used for. Right. Like, whereas I didn't want to take my Jeep off-roading because it was just the nicest vehicle I had ever owned. And it's like, I will put this in the water and I will go water skiing behind it and I can make that better by putting this on here. But this part is, like, it literally costs three times as much as the boat is worth. Yeah, like, if you want, you mean, like, a new propeller? Well, like a, like a, a um, they, they, it's called a, it's called a wake tower, but it, it basically, like, bolts on to the sides of the boat and then you have, like, a high fixture point. So if you wakeboard behind the boat, you can, like... Oh, like, you can get, like... Air or something, yeah, yeah. 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 You plan on getting a lot of air, <laughs> getting some big air. I don't know if I will get big air, but in my mind, Luke, Luke will get big air. Mm, I can. That's okay. There's I, something there. Yeah, I have. I have all the faith in in the next gen. Here's here's what I would say about Luke getting air on a wakeboard behind a boat. Is that if we're if we're at the stage where such a thing is happening and we are at the lake so frequently, I think I think at that point we've got a we've got a different boat. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I think you don't need to worry about whether or not you need a wake tower for, for the Luke. sake of Luke. Sure. But it, because you're, the boat you have is going to be fantastic for Luke to get interested in being pulled behind a boat. There you go. Via water skis v- via or water whatever. Ski. Right. And it's going to be great at that. It's going to be great for tubing. But if you're, yeah, I think. Uh, I it's, think a ga- it's a gateway boat. It's a, ga- it's, it's a gateway boat. Excellent. Exactly. Excellent. <laughs> To bring us to uh, the, to even greater Gnar than we could ever accomplish on our own. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting stuff. So, mm-hmm. anyway, that's that's been like one of my my big like you know all weekend I was I was down there and I have like a like a like a buffer and stuff and I was like you know buffing out like all the all the like kind of faded looking patches and trying to like bring color back to it and yeah. stuff. And I'm like, here we go, here we go, here we go. Gonna, gonna make it look like a, it's a 1985. Right. Well, so uh, this is so it's like, are you are you concerned, though, with the fact that I mean, if you're going to use if you're going to use the boat, though, um, even if it would cost you as much to just buy another boat, could is there are you, is that the main hurdle for you that it would cost at, like just that it's so expensive to upgrade? Yeah, it's it's like because I, if you're going to use it, then you'd still use it. Then you'd right? still use it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think like what the what the weird 
the weird like line to walk on it is is that like on the one hand it's this like family heirloom item so it's it's like it's not something mm. that like i really want to like part with like i i feel like even in the world where eventually if ever we had like a better one it's not like i would i would like you know sell this one to to put towards that one this is like you would just always have it anyway mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like it's it's like how much can you upgrade something that is that has just like reached this stage? You yeah, you're like you're you're reaching like the like ship of Theseus nostalgia heirloom paradox par- paradox. Yes, yeah. precisely. Like so, you you've always wanted a boat, and now you have a boat, and you like upgrading things. But if you upgrade the boat too much, does it stop being the heirloom that it was? Yes. Ah, that's a very good way to say it. Mm. Yes. So the, yeah, for those of you who don't know, the ship of Theseus paradox is basically the idea that like a ship has existed for so long that they have gone through and replaced like you know all of the floorboards and and the gunnels and the masts and the steering column and everything, and it's kind of like at some point in time did it stop being the original ship and right. it's now just like like what you did was literally build an entire new ship where the previous ship used to be right right um, if you replace yeah if you if you replace one floorboard with a new floorboard no problem it's obviously the same boat right it's obviously the same boat you but just fix, it, you fix the hole right exactly you just fix the hole but if you replace all the floorboards it's still the same boat right right, right. it's a new it, floor it's the same boat and then if that continues to the whole boat, is it a new boat or is it the same boat? Yeah. It, what if you make a new boat out of the old boat parts? That's is another, that the original boat? It feels like it feels like close. It feels like close. It feels like if you made a new boat out of the old boat parts, that's closer to definitely being the same boat than replacing all of the parts of the original boat with new parts. Does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. I don't know the, either. The point is if you upgrade grandpa's boat... Does it stop being grandpa's boat at some point? Or yeah. Does it just start being a new boat? Does it start being a new boat? Or is what's happening? Because, you know, if you want to look at it in the sense of that it's like a family heirloom, it's like, do you want to see like, ah, oh, like you can, you can see like what happened during like Ben's ownership of it. Mm. You know, if like, if like someday after shredding the gnar his whole life, Luke's like, Luke's like, yeah, what happens when Luke owns the boat? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, you can, you can like see like where, where grandpa Jack left off, where Ben picked up and now it's my turn. Right. I'm gonna put racing stripes on. <laughs> yeah. What, what scenario is it? How old is the boat at this point then? It's almost like an 80 year old boat or something now, right? <laughs> I mean, still it, running. Still running. <laughs> That's right. That's my hope. That's, my That's your hope. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to make sure you take some meticulous care of this this year, the Glastron. I know I'm gonna have to work on that. I'm yeah, have to work on that. But I did get to use it this past weekend. That's I, good. I pulled people on a tube. Pulled it. There you go. It did fantastically. Fantastic. It fired right up on the on the on the second turn. That sounds. That doesn't sound. That doesn't remember, that's not the boat I remember. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta stop, fiddle with it, put it back in the rack. I will say it it's it, it's interesting finding out that if you were just going to like it it always seemed like when we were going up to camp as kids that it was so you were so excited you woke up it's like it's time to go out on the boat except hold up well, grandpa's mm, grandpa's got to fix the boat real quick and he needs new spark plugs and he needs new spark plugs or he needs some lug nut from Russia or something <laughs> you know? It always seemed like something was wrong. It's like, I got to replace the tube. I got to replace some, something. It's a lug like, nut I'm, from Russia. <laughs> who's to say, Ben? Who's to say? It always felt like something. I'm surprised the boat's not held together with string. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's curious to me that it just fired right up because it, it never felt like it did. It never felt like it did. 
And it always seemed like, man, I don't understand why you don't just, if it's this, if it's always failing, why aren't you just replacing the whole giant piece? Like at some point you just got to get a new engine, but it sounds like that would be stupid because you should just get a new boat at that point. Yeah. And that's really the reason. So maybe you just had to keep like mandating it together. But it also occurs to me that maybe, I think, I think maybe a large part of it for grandpa may have been just tinkering with it was just fun. I think that probably on some level, yeah, you may reach your point with your boat. That it's like, it's more fun to tinker with it than it is to actually use it. <laughs> like, I, I think that that's possible. It may be the case that it may be the case that he's like, well, I can't water ski anymore. So now I'm going to tinker. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that the, the squeeze ball is, is not dry rotted. Right. <laughs> or that, the, or that we're safely replacing it three years in advance of, of such a moment. Right. I want to be out there on the, on the water and have the auxiliary tank squeeze ball not <laughs> fail on you. Exactly. I mean, that's true. You don't, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, it, I can, I can assure you that it is, it is more likely that I will fall victim to that being a problem than grandpa ever was. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I will be the type of person. It's like, Oh man, we're going to have to paddle back in. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would have been exactly <laughs> yeah. it. Grandpa never had to paddle back in. That's, That's true. what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. No okay. doubt. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I'm curious to know what upgrades you do or don't make to the boat. Will it have subwoofers? I'm not going to lie to you. It is an option. Man. I mean, I imagine if you install subwoofers in certain ways on boats, that if they're loud enough, you can literally see the ripples in the water. Ooh. Right? Probably. Ooh, I had never, that had never occurred to me before. No, the, the reason I said that it's possible is because the, the particular tower that I'm looking at on top of just being a customizable, like, or in, in, on top of it already being something that you could do to customize your own boat, you could then customize the towers as well. And mm-hmm. so you can have like a sunshade up there and then you can add speakers that just like bolt on. And I see. Yeah. And so I it's see. like, as I'm like, as I'm like going through, it's like, Oh, do you want to add speakers to yours? And I'm like, sort of, sort of. Right. Is that, is there any concern that is that, is that like the equivalent of restoring like a 1920s model tea with like Bluetooth or something. Are you, you know what what I mean? What a question. You know, like, is that like the integrity of the vehicle is being compromised? Like, are you, is your aim to like modernize it or to like restore it or just, I don't don't know. Is there any, is that, is there something? Yeah. Do you lessen the integrity of like an antique car by putting like a, I think, I, I mean, I am in no way, shape or form like a purist in this particular situation. Okay. Like, I don't have strong opinions about it. I would say that if you have like a 69 Mustang, then I would say that it is a greater foul than a boat that is worth like $900. So like, <laughs> you know, I think, I, I think in, in, uh, my particular case, I am less worried about less maintaining worried about the, it. the historical value of of the thing itself, and uh, more in favor of optimizing our ability to enjoy it. Which so, I think, even if you were to ask Grandpa, would probably be his number one goal is for okay. people to have fun with it. All right, that sounds like sound reasoning. There you go. There totally you go. down. I approve. Okay. Good. 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 All right. All right. So moving moving on because we we seem to at least last week's trend was we spent about the first half of the video talking about subwoofers, and then we spent. And the second half in really like 
almost neck deep philosophical conversation. <laughs> we, so, took, we took some deep turns last we, week. We did. We did. I actually, I ended up listening back to the episode with Alice on our drive up to the lake. Mm. And and so it was kind of like, it was really funny to watch the, the evolution of the conversation. I was like, I know at some point we get to philosophy, but we've been talking about subwoofers for a hot second here. <laughs> so um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make it too, too heavy this week or anything, but we did have some really interesting feedback uh, from some folks about some different philosophical ideas. Ideas. Okay. Uh, so one of them is called the the prisoner's dilemma, okay. which I think fits rather nicely. You were you were talking about a grid uh, last week that sort of spoke to like uh, like lose lose win lose win lose win win scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like by way of high consideration and high courage, you can effectively produce win win situations so that the people that you are interacting with are are both getting maybe the most positive result. Right. It sounds like with the the prisoner dilemmas is maybe not exactly the same, but it works on a similar grid. I am looking at the grid as well, and I can see... Yeah, it doesn't necessarily look exactly this... Yeah, I mean, it. I, I can see the obvious comparison where like, well, I'll let you describe it. Okay, I'll do my best. Yeah. I'll do my best. Okay, so the idea here is that like you would have potentially uh, two people who get... Um, maybe are arrested or on trial for uh, like a similar crime. Like they, like you did a thing. And basically the way that the grid works is like different versions of, of which person between a and B either talk or don't talk in favor of maybe sealing a deal yeah. that might like benefit them, but not the other person. Right. So like there's an instance where a is like, okay, here's what we did. And like this person did whatever. And then they're like, okay, in, in exchange for you helping us solve this crime, B is going away and we are going to grant you um, like, like immunity or, or whatever the proper jargon is right like if you if you if you can give us evidence against them they will serve the maximum sentence and you can walk free exactly right yes and then on the flip side yeah they they could also do the same thing right and then like you would serve the maximum sentence and And they would walk they would walk free conversely yeah it looks like if both neither of you rats the other person out both of you serve like maybe a lesser period a, of time. Yeah, you both serve. This is saying both serve one year. And whereas if you both ride each other out, then you both serve two years. Right. Yes. Whereas, so, yeah, and then if, if you rat the other person out, then you would go free and they would spend three. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's we'll put the we'll put it on screen if, if you're watching the, the actual version of it, because I think that that'll probably help connect a couple of those dots. But it is it's another interesting kind of idea where like in this situation where you have gotten in trouble with law for some reason or another, it's kind of like, what is the, the, the course, like what is the most ethical course of action by way of like your solidarity, even with the other person that you got in trouble with, right? You know, it's like, there's like the ability to like, to, to hold strong with that person. And then, then you both kind of have a negative outcome or, one of you doesn't hold strong and you get a positive outcome and they have a negative outcome uh, or you both rat them out and you both have an even more Worse. negative. Outcome. Yeah, it's yeah, this is oh, I, I get this is a dilemma. So, right. You because, of course, you're all operating from a state of open dishonesty because you've been convicted. You've been caught committing the crime. Sure. So, you know, the other person to be dishonest. I, I also outright. Feel, yes. I also feel like there is a certain amount of there are two rooms and you have been separated from your, oh. your comrade. Oh, of course you don't, you, this is, that's the problem. That's right. the dilemma. It's like, 
if I stay silent, like if you know the three outcomes, yeah, like, okay, you're in the scenario. You're like, if I stay silent and he stays silent, that's the, be- that's the win-win, at least in this scenario. Right. Like we, we both, we both, right. we both serve time, but maybe less but on the whole. The least amount overall yes. for everyone. That's the best case scenario. However, if I stay silent and he talks to me and he talks, then I'm completely screwed and I get the maximum. Right. But if so, so, hmm, let me just, let me just try and dissuade it. But then if you talk and they say nothing, you get to get free. Right. So like if you can count on them to be silent, then you're great. That's the best case for you. Yes. That's the win lose. But if the other person arrives at the same decision, then you both lose and you both have two years. Right. Mm. It, it's very interesting because I actually think that there's there's like a game show that revolves around this very idea. Uh, I'm sure there is. Where it's it's basically like um I think that you you can like either like steal the money or share the money but depending on like what happens it's it's exactly the same situation so like let's say there's a pot of a thousand dollars and you're both standing there like looking at each other and you can either say like um i will i will steal them or if you both say share the money then you split the thousand dollars and you both get you both get 500 right uh if you say steal and the other person says steal then both of you get nothing right but then there's that flip side where it's like like like, do you try to convince them like, hey, we're on share, right? We're on share. We're on share. You agree? We're on share. Right. And then it's if like, you, yeah, then, if you say steal and they say share, then you get the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. You, you're like, OK, it's like you try to convince them share is the way we're going to go. Like we are on the same team. But then if you've convinced them of that, then they're in that situation of like, he's convincing me to say share. Right. So I'm going to steal because like if he if he sticks to his word. Yeah. Then I get all the money. Yeah. But then at the same rate, if you're the person convincing the person. Oh, yeah. Then then it's like it's very much like your strategy could both be influenced by the idea that like, hey, you know, half a loaf. Right. Like, yeah. Like is better than is better than nothing. Like, let's both take some and it's it, we both get something here. Exactly. But again, going back to like last week's, it's like. It, this is that situation where I think you've stepped into the big time gray area of of that win win versus win lose versus lose lose situation. Yeah, because the lose lose is very evident. Like you both get nothing. Yeah, that is lose lose. And then there's win lose on both ends where one person steals, the other person doesn't, and so they they get all of it. But in the instance where you split it, yeah, you're both getting less than the full amount that is available. Right. Is that the win win? Well. Yes, that is the win-win. You would say that's the win-win. I would say that's the, because the point of that scenario is to how to work with other people. Yeah, okay, yeah. So th- that is the best outcome for everyone. And I okay, I like the way you said that because I think what that means is that it's like you don't look at the maximum pot anymore as $1,000. You look at the maximum pot as $500. So you're not sacrificing $500 to get $500. It is just the case that the best case scenario for everyone involved only ever was $500. Right. Despite the fact that the board, the big lit up board with the, you know, fancy game show host, whatever says 1000 on it. Yeah. You, are you following why? I, I, why? Okay. Yeah. Like why there could be some disparity over that being like a full blown win. I, I do. And the problem is that of course, of course it's easy to think that's a full win because you get more money. And it, I mean, in the context of a game show, tr- I suppose truly winning this is more like cutthroat. This is not like let's go. Let's let's arrange business terms. You know, <laughs> sure, there, I mean, you you're know. absolutely correct. Like, you know, the, in the, the context reason- of a game show, you probably just want the thousand dollars. But <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But and, yeah. yeah. But if you're if you're trying to make a business deal with uh, another company and you're just trying to like get the maximum out of them, like that is ultimately going to eventually 
hurt because you want them to thrive too because them thriving should mean you thriving. Absolutely. that's what you're going for. And if what you did was you like gutted them for a bunch of money on your end and what they got out of it was not much, then chances are maybe you have like a short-term win, but in the end you can't rely on them again. Sure. And that's going to net you less in the long run. Absolutely. kind of situation. Yes, yes. Okay. So I think the interesting thing about it is it it dovetails rather nicely with uh, the next next piece of feedback that I wanted to bring in from Matt Bailey, who wrote in about Kohlberg's stages of moral development. Oh. Okay. Because I feel like this kind of plays nicely with the idea of um, of like what is what is maybe the right thing to do and and why you might be doing that thing. Oh boy. So it it kind of goes through the stages of why you might make a particular decision. Yeah. And and like it's it really I think emphasizes like not like I think you could be making the same decision the entire time. But what this might fall back on is like what what is inside of you that is the driving force behind making this particular decision. Okay, and I think that it's sort of like a, like a inching your way throughout life towards like a layer of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good thing you could even be like asking yourself the question of as as you go through each of these things because right. like if you're making a decision, you can sort of put yourself to the test. It's like why am why am I personally making this this like decision? Like, right. So okay, it would start with stage one being I do it so I don't get in trouble. Okay. Um, this might be the case if you are like. The only reason that you drive the speed limit is so that you do not get speeding tickets. Like, right. You know, it's like, it's, it's not that you are worried about the potential for, um, somebody maybe is potentially at a crosswalk right. or there could be a cyclist on the road with me or even just being on the interstate that by going way too fast, you could, you could cause somebody else to, right. you know, like be in harm's way right the only, i would drive faster if i was allowed to but it's 65 and if i go 70 i'll get a ticket right otherwise i there's nothing holding me back i don't care about the safety of others it is solely to avoid consequence consequence yeah. yes and, and in this particular case <laughs> like we were talking about last week it's like that consequentialism it's like the best possible outcome is by way of doing this I will not get in trouble. Right. Um, and, and that's that your very individualistic version of, of that scope. But from your perspective, that, this is such a great example. The speeding, the speed limit is such a great example because it, I can almost guarantee you the reason uh, it is the re- that the so I do it so I don't get in trouble is the reasoning behind uh, every uh, young male who's ever gotten it a driver's license <laughs> like, <laughs> like that has been a thousand percent my experience and i would say that uh a lot of times they're not doing it at all <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. sure 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 yeah i i, I can see that i can see that uh stage two as you as you continue to develop uh your your moral uh stages here would be i do it so i get something out of it mm. um and this this would be like um this I, is like if the insurance company is saying, if you have a track record of not speeding for a year, we'll lower your rate. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you you personally gain some some layer of, of benefit by way of doing it. So you yeah. are you are continuing to mostly look out for, for you, you, but there is there is like a positive kickback along that path. Right. Like like something something that you get by by way of it's 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 not only not getting in trouble but now you get financial reward. Right. Uh, by way of. But it's still not you're not doing it to be safer. You're still just doing it. Like the end result is that you are safer, but your reasoning behind it is still just to lower your bill. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So as we continue on stage 3 says mm-hmm. I do it so that you like me. Uh now 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 the girl sitting next to you really doesn't like speeding. 
Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Okay, so yeah, if you, let's say let's say that like we're we're me high school Ben, and it's it's like I I have gotten to the point um, where it's like I I'm not speeding because I don't want to get in trouble. I'm not speeding because it means that my insurance goes down and I have more money to go on dates. Yeah, which I am now on. Right, and now the person in the passenger seat is is vehemently against speeding right, right. their ex-boyfriend just came flying by 90 miles an hour and they were like Ugh. right, right, right. Yeah. like, like <laughs> where where maybe maybe in my brain there, there'd be some version of like whoa but then in theirs like you're you you are clarified and it's like that is not a cool thing to do right which is also I, I follow the speed limit you'll like me more right exactly yes yes so you're making you're making decisions on that basis mm. okay so let's continue forward so stage four says i do it because it is the law and i respect the law oh all right moving up now we're getting a little closer to just like uh to i don't know where what, what am i going for here it feels like that is closer to respecting society <laughs> yes yes uh and i think that maybe um Maybe we're not quite at it yet, Maybe, no, no, no. but I, I'm, I was thinking like last week I compared, uh, like Iron Man who, who kind of represents again for my, my take on this, I'm not an expert, but, uh, is that he sort of falls into like deontology, which is sort of like, there has been rational thinking and there are rules that we need to like, you know, place here in order to like, make sure that things are done correctly. Right. And it's like, by falling into this category, we are like, we are continuing on a course that has been established for a reason, Mm -hmm. uh, which, which might be like, maybe at this point in time, you might be like, I understand that speed limits are effective for like, like the reason that people have come to these decisions that they have created these laws is because, uh, 25 miles an hour in a, in a school zone is, is due to the greater likelihood that, that there, there could be something on the road. And so by being aware of that, by them having the speed limit, it is like, we ensure that there, that there is safety, I guess, Mm -hmm. with that. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, hopefully we're still getting the analogy to work. I think so. I think so. We're getting there. Okay. Okay. So moving on up again, uh, stage five, I do it because of a social contract we have with each other. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking about speeding here. I know. I'm trying to think, how do I apply this to speeding? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's think, let's think, let's think. This is like, I guess with the, um, now you're dealing with the other motorists on the road. It's like, we all agree to go the speed limit because you're going the speed limit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, and yeah, it's like an agreed upon thing. It's right. like, it's, like, I'll do it, it and you'll do it. And because we're both agreeing to do it, yeah. it makes, it makes these roadways safe. Right. Because well, if everyone's going the same speed, we're all good. <laughs> right. Right. Because all of it, I mean, you know, there, you know, if there's like one person, you know, you drive on the right side of the road and there's one person who's like, ah, left side of the road now, you know, it's like, yeah, that, that's breaking that, that, that contract. Like I'm right. relying on you to also abide by the right. agreed upon rules. Right. This is why when you're driving in a neighborhood and there's no lines on the road, why you don't freak out when someone someone's coming at you the other way. Yeah, that's that's a very good way to put it. Right. Yeah, because because there is nothing there aren't lines defining where to go, but we we know. <laughs> we know. Like we there is a social contract that says I will stay on the right and you will stay on the right because otherwise sometimes it baffles me. Like how close to how close you are to the cars going the literal exact opposite direction. Yes. And it's like it's like you don't think twice about it. Right. It's like, "Oh, yeah, what's their separating us here?" paint and two feet yes you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's i know i mean this was the number one thing i struggled with when i was learning to drive i would slow down every single time a car yeah. passed me on the road because it was like 
I, I think my awareness of where I was, you know, with the lines, it was like, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to uh, try to make yeah. sure I'm as far over as possible. Yeah. And I, I don't feel comfortable doing that at speed. So I'm going to slow down. So, um, I have a feeling that was probably frustrating for people right. you but know, along the way, but I can't even like, imagine you're just out in like a, the desert, right? You know, it's just barren land on all sides and you're 200 yards away from someone and you say, all right, we're both going to try and we're, we're aiming the cars at each other, right? Cool. We're gonna both gonna get up to fifty miles an hour, and we're gonna pass each other as just with at like two feet apart. Yeah, you'd be, be three, like four feet at max. At max, it they would be terrifying. Yes, but as soon as as soon as the road is there with the line, it's like whatever, Craig. No problem. We got this. We, we got, got this. We you're not. Yeah. I'll yeah. stay here. You stay there. No, you're not going to hit each other. No, like, yeah, it happens yeah. all the time. We're licensed. We're it's licensed. Good. Yeah. It's fine. Um, so anyway, I, I, we, we put that together nicely. We did. Way to go, wow, us. Look at us. Yeah. There Speed you go. limits. <laughs> we're, we're understanding. Right. Stage six <laughs> is is the top of, of the <clears throat> developmental uh, progress of your morals. And it says, I do it because it is the right thing to do. Mm. And I think that this is this. It, it almost doesn't even need explanation because I think that there is. It's very easy to understand what that means like it's like you're not speeding because it's the right thing to do you're you're taking into consideration even all of these other things and also just like this is this is right right and like it's not because the sign says go 65 miles an hour it's because to go any faster would be immoral based on the speed everyone else is traveling yes and how reckless it would be right right and i think again this is where i come back to the idea that i think this pairs very nicely with like um that like virtuism that Captain America or you know Steve Rogers embodies, right. um, which is that basically like he is going to go and and save people because it is the right thing to do, right? You know, and it it actually is kind of interesting because it's almost like everything else we've done so far is constructing like guidelines and rules and ideas that you might like fall in between. Mm -hmm. And this is almost like it's like a, a tick more abstract in a sense, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like it's it's. Like, I guess with Cap, there is the idea that you could be breaking the law by saving somebody. But in, in like that idea of virtuism is that like you're you are you're doing still doing. So now in the scenario, uh, the, the girl from earlier, you were who just she loved you, man. You felt you went the speed limit. Well, great news. Great news. Years later now and whew, baby on the way. Right. Baby on the way. Hospital's like an hour away. That baby's going to be here like, oh boy, it looks quick. Right. It looks quick. Now you're on the road. We're going like a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know what? I th and I think uh, I think Cap would be like, yeah, we're getting to the hospital right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like now. Now. Now you have found yourself yeah. in like emergency situation mode where it's like okay. Um. And in right. in a lot of senses, like so we describe it as like you and your your person or whatever. But like an ambulance, I think very neatly falls into into mm -hmm. this set of like rules. Yeah. Like ambulances, like can go faster yeah. because, because, you know, and then of yeah. course there's also social contract involved with that. Yeah. There are also laws involved with that, but like, you know, the, the, I would say in most instances, people can rely on the fact that you are going to pull over for an ambulance yeah. <laughs> like, to let it through, Yeah, you know, and that is, yeah, both, both law and social contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I thought that was really interesting because it, it does sort of, I think, stair step you through this, this process of how, in, and why you might be making decisions. Cause we just compared everything to like a very simple example of, you know, of speeding. Of, of speeding. Yeah. Um, but this, this could be extending, you know, much, much further beyond to, uh, 
basically thinking in terms of of doing things specifically because it's the right thing to do and and knowing that like there could be cases where like um i'm trying to think of like there could be like possible negative detriment even to yourself in some small capacity but it's like the, the the correct thing to do is is let me let me give an example okay so let's say you are out uh at like a like an outdoor gathering of friends family others all around yeah you step out of your car and you find a 100 hundred dollar bill oh, on the ground nice. and you're like wow lucky day lucky <laughs> day and and then all of a sudden you know it's like it's like it's cash dollars right you know like this is not like money that is like specifically you know notably assigned to anybody right but but so you know you found your hundred dollars you're like whoa like how cool how exciting and and then like you know up on the on the pa you know the, there's that guy up there and he's like uh we we actually had we had somebody who dropped a hundred dollars when stepping out of their car this would be like i think that situation where it's almost like it, it is like coming forward and being like i found the hundred dollars you know like right. the, the right thing to do is to return the hundred dollars right. even though the other the other possible scenario here is that you now have a hundred dollars right yes yeah um and, and in this particular instance i would say that there's there are no like specific laws necessarily mm-hmm. that that are suggesting that there's anything like that you have to return it right you know like there's there's nothing mandating that it could even be the case that you've you've you were off in the corner in the parking lot and like the great big field or whatever and you know right like th- there's not even the ability for you to know who it could have come from right so yeah i'm gonna go with that Go with that. Right it seems like you could still have other situations here where you might end up returning the money based on the other stages. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, you might look up and notice, oh, there's security cameras or something. Like, well, certainly. You know, yep. Like, oh, if I keep it, maybe they'll check the tapes and they'll see that it was me. And after they make the announcement, then I'll get in trouble. Well, okay. And so I think that this is where you can be making the same decision, but but why you are making it like into your right. core is really what makes all the exactly. difference in the world. Yeah. So it could be the case that like, yes, you were like, you are you are fearing uh, being caught having been found as the person who found the hundred dollars, uh, and so you're like, well, I don't want to get in trouble, so like here, you know, I'm, I'm right. getting it back. Uh, but it could also be the case that there were cameras and you picked it up and and you're still returning it because right because it's the right thing to do because it's the right thing to do yeah. And so I I don't think that just because the presence of cameras there is there is that you you can no longer only be doing it because of that. It's like right 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 just because that could have been your motivation doesn't mean it hopefully is. hopefully your motivation is simply just that it was the right thing to do exactly yeah exactly mm-hmm. very cool all right i like this there you go. i like this yeah this this i i, I uh, am curious to look at different examples of kohlberg stages of moral development oh because like like this is it feels like uh this is a theoretical progression you might have through uh, throughout life yeah well and so this is this is almost where i would really like to extend maybe the question out there to to the little kernels who are who are tuned in and maybe ask that question of like have you had a situation in your life where you did the right thing and can you go back to and like maybe even explain why maybe you made that decision Mm. do you have any instances where you felt like like i did i did the right thing i did what i felt was right i am sure that i do i put you on the spot i know you're pretty much it sounds like a very personal question potentially personal question jay please open your diary (laughs) explain everything to me um i will i, want, I will i yeah. won't hold you to it i won't hold you okay to it. but but if there's anybody out there who does have this particular uh who who has gone through something 
uh, and and would like to to share those stories, that might be something for us to to take a look at. Mm-hmm. You know, to better understand, to be, get better exposure to possible instances uh, where where you might be able to to do this particular thing. Yeah. Um, and if you would like to email those stories to us at popcornculturepod at gmail.com, that would be great. That would be great. That would be wonderful. Love to hear it. Maybe we'll share some. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Okay, Jay, but as as we as we round off today's discussion, I feel like it's it's only fitting that we we started with a very light topic. Oh. We we entered into heavy topics. We did. In a way, in a in a, in a manner of speaking. Maybe, right. maybe people learned something today. I bet they did. I feel like we were we were riffing the speeding limit. <laughs> Look at us go. Look, Look at us go. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Cell five. Um but I would like to I would like to be able to to end today's episode or as we close out today's episode with a corny joke. Let's do it. We have one here today from Hannah Harrington, who says, how do you find the gym at Hogwarts? The gym? The gym. Like for lifting weights? Yeah, lifting weights specifically. Uh, Let's see. How would you find? How would you find? How would you find it? The gym at Hogwarts. Like, uh, I don't know. How would you find it? You look for the dumbbell door. Oh, the dumbbell door. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. You just know that that albus goes in there and just like right like like he's always wearing those rows but he's you know he's rocking a six-pack he's shredded pure shredded yeah it's pure like sh- wow he's how old is he like 110 what's his secret is, the, is it just because he's magical no it's because he takes care of his body and takes vitamins every day and is in in, in past the dumbbell door yeah yeah i actually you know because it's even like one of those jokes where in <clears> uh when he goes and like he's trying to convince slughorn he likes like the knitting patterns yeah. in the magazine mm-hmm. i also like to think that he gets uh like muggle fitness mag probably you know like yeah. to, to go through like what's a what's a good new regime i could be getting into Do you, they don't really talk about like physical fitness that much in the wizarding world yeah I, I wonder how much how much that might come into play for something like quidditch like coordination obviously seems like it would be very very important seems like core strength got to be very important yeah i could see of, that because like, you have to be able to be uh, like holding the broom while also potentially like holding a quaffle and then being able to like give it a, a yeah, good quality you heave. don't have much to like you know, much to uh, press your weight against. Yeah, this is like one of the, I mean, I know this isn't exactly, it's not the same because we're not in space, but like, is could you throw a ball in space? Uh, yes. Because you I, would just also go backwards. Right, yeah. Because I feel like you can't like, you couldn't like punch somebody in space. You can punch them. You would just also go backwards. <laughs> right, but like, would they feel anything? Because if you were to put force in, the force would then just be returned backwards so like it yields nothing is that how is that how space works no i don't think so i think they would feel it for they, sure they would feel it they could feel it it probably isn't going to be the same as like punching someone in full gravity okay um and i think some of the force will go into them but um some will also come back and you'll go backwards okay yeah interesting oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah so, so like a, a smaller portion might go into them but the the major portion might go into you and in, into mm-hmm. going backwards yeah okay okay I like it. Right. Because it'd be the same as like, I mean, you could punch a wall, right? You just go backwards. The wall's not going anywhere. Yeah. I don't understand space sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to The Pop. We super appreciate it. If you have any feedback on today's episode, uh, you can send it to us at popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Otherwise, we're also over on Reddit uh, and Twitter and also Patreon. Yeah. Where we have some exciting new tiers going on. If you want to go and check that out, it's patreon.com slash popcornculture. Otherwise, until next week, pop, pop. Pop.